You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast. Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. Hey there, Catherine from Live Wild Radio. Welcome back. And I'm excited to get on about today's podcast with Winston. He went through a full body transformation and we're going to get right down to the nitty gritty. But before we do that, this is a perfect segue to talk about the tools uh, the gear that we had to get him there, and uh, and that's Great Lakes Gearia. So Great Lakes Gearia is a, a company here in Canada in our own community, but they ship to the Canada and to the U.S. Um, with us. You can get five percent off uh, with the code promo code Live Wild, and um, you can get your kettlebells, your your uh, your bars, your Maces, maces, uh, chin up bars, pull up bars. Yeah, their, um, their pull up bars pretty badass. Yes, it's it's, it's only a hundred bucks Canadian. Yeah, something like that. But uh, ninety five <clears throat> with uh, <laughs> your promo code exactly, and it's right over my office. Yes, so I just sort of stand up from my desk and do pull ups. That's right. So all you at home workers, no yeah, excuse. That's right. But uh, pretty much all your gym needs. So check it out. It uh, supports the show. Meanwhile, gets you in great shape. Great products. We would only uh, uh, promote them unless they were great products. So check it out. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah. But let's talk about? about today's um, you know main attraction. It's you. Oh, woo. <laughs> And I got to be careful because lately uh, there there have been quite a few uh, women at uh, customers <laughs> coming by at work trying to pick you up because um, you've got some pretty good muscles going on there and apparently it's noticeable. Yeah, it's the Viking haircut combined yes. with uh, uh, a little bit more muscle and a little bit less fat. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna dive into it and. and so what we're talking about is really outstanding. I've, I've known Winston now for about six years. Um, I've seen him work out and, uh, you know, the, the results of it certainly getting stronger when we're doing powerlifting. But now we're doing something called general prepared fitness. General physical preparedness. Okay. <laughs> well, I like mine. Acronym is a little easier to remember. GPP. Anyway, GPP. Um, anyways. Anyways, so we... Uh, we're going to dive right into this because with Winston, I've seen uh, you're wearing now skin tight shirts at my recommendation <laughs> and uh, it's getting you the, the noticeable uh, attention by others. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so your muscles are popping out, you've lost weight, um, you've gotten shitload stronger mm-hmm. in your, in what you can lift with kettlebells. So, um, so you tell me. You've you've coached people. You've worked out since you were twelve. You're fifty one, mm-hmm. and why is this program really exciting for you? Um, so there's a couple of different avenues to it. I think part of the thing that I'm really enjoying with the programming I'm doing now is you're getting a lot of bang for your buck, right? Like when we just did the powerlifting, you got strong, but it didn't do a whole lot for your endurance. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't do a whole lot. Uh, it built muscle without a doubt. Um, you know, but with this, it's like building muscle, building work capacity because you're doing a lot of work in a certain amount of time. Um, you're burning a lot of calories. Uh, and because you're like working 
a little bit of recovery, then working again, a little bit of recovery, working again. You build this ability just to go like a machine. Yeah. Whereas before anything over when you're powerlifting, anything over five reps was cardio. Yeah. That's sort of what we right? joked about. Yeah. 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 So and to put in perspective, you've powerlifted, you know, you've had moments where you've just focused on powerlifting. Mm-hmm. And other times where you're into cycling. Yep. Right? So for many, a, many years. Yeah. Yeah. For And you had a bike shop and you trained people and, you know. I raced and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So fitness was probably the key focus, along with some strength training, but really fitness, would you say? Well, endurance. Yeah. Right? Endurance. Because it's an yes. endurance, endurance sport and your power on demand, like to be able to climb hills and yeah. do hard efforts and recover. Yeah. Which is really building a big aerobic base. Right. It's sort of the foundation of it all for any endurance sport. Right. Um, and in a sense, uh, you know, being able to do a hard effort and recover, do a hard effort and recover, do a hard effort and recover. Right. And, you know, in the beginning, maybe that's four hard efforts. And then as you build that capacity, um, it's 20, 30, 40. Right. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, it's sort of the exact same thing I'm doing, but with strength training. Combining the two. Yeah. Right. Because you're you're increasing the amount of time you train is the same right it's a fixed amount of time but the idea is to fit more and more work in that time right so as you get stronger each set you do isn't as fatiguing so you can do more sets makes sense yeah yeah so you know you've you're a nerd when it comes to all this stuff. So why now? Why did you just discover this now versus not well, just in the past? It's not even discovering it now um I guess as far as the getting leaner part, that was just um, switching my lunch uh, <laughs> to salad with chicken. Um, what were you having before? Uh, I would have... So nutrition was huge. Yeah, was like, like I, would, I would get pizza, I would get whatever. You know, whatever was convenient to get at work, mm. right? Um, you know, I, I joke, like the, a big chunk of this is, has to do with living with you now. We moved in together. Yeah. Update. I don't think the people people know that. Oh, maybe maybe we mentioned it's been a while. it. Anyway, um, but but the fact that uh, we have like more consistent nutrition, right? We're always eating home cooked meals. You know, we go out every now and again, but yeah. Um, that part having something to take for lunch uh, and making it salad with chicken or salad with tuna. Um, you know, it's like protein and vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, overall I'm getting less calories in necessary for, for losing body fat, um, getting a lot of protein in, uh, and, uh, because, you know, when you eat a mixing bowl full of salad for lunch every day, mm-hmm. you're not hungry, right? So you're not snacking or I'm yeah. not snacking. Yeah. Um, so that's part of it. Uh, as far as the fat loss part was just that little tweak. Well, let's continue on that because um, you have this general principle about how much protein you should have in a day. Yep. Yep. One gram per pound of body weight. Yeah. So that can be a lot. Like how yeah. much do you weigh now? Uh, like 215. Yeah. And you lost how much? Uh, from January, like l- last year or I guess technically this year, 2022, um, uh, I was 240. Yeah. And down to 215. Yeah. Yeah. So that's significant. And yeah. then plus you've, and you feel like you've built muscle because you can do more. 
Yeah. And it's very obvious. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is such the thing, too, of, you know, you lose the fluff and you can see your muscles. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But. But I think with me, because I've been doing so much like clean and press, uh, the traps in the shoulders. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. where you really see it. Yeah. That is true. Because you always had big legs, like, yeah. you know, thighs and hamstrings and all that. Quads, basically. Not thighs, but quads. But it's your arms that, and shoulders and everything that really bulked out. Yeah. Yeah. You Which, know, because... You know, should be popular with some. Yeah. Because usually, isn't that the most popular exercise that people do in the gym is the bench because they want to bench press. They wanna... The arms and the pecs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... So kettlebells, yeah. <laughs> but it takes time and you start off. So let's switch back into the strength now. So yeah. um, when we first, just for perspective, got kettlebells around the pandemic, the yeah. beginning of it, you're, what could you do with two? Cause that's what your workouts consist of pr- primarily. Yeah. Kettlebells. Like, so I was doing, uh, I started off doing um, singles with a pair of 24s. Right, like I do ten sets of one. Um, okay, in the I, clean actually, press. I may even take you even further back, just because for people who may want to get into this and show, and we can show the progression. Mm-hmm. So, single kettlebells. I think you got like we got you know thirty pound, right, or thirty five. Uh, what well, yeah, we we had the first one first. Just kettlebell the first swings. one. The first one we had was a forty five pound or a twenty kilo. Okay. When we only had one kettlebell, really. Um, uh, we had <laughs> a like it's forty four pounds. Yeah. 20 kilos. Um, and that's the one I want to go to and you won't let me. <laughs> no, you have to use the bigger ones. At least. Um, and that one, I had a hard time pressing. Now, I was coming back from a shoulder injury. Right. But, you know, I could press it maybe twice, 20 kilos. And that's what you started at? Yeah, like when we started training in the apartment. Yeah. Like with kettlebells. Like I was, in, I was doing a lot of push-ups. I wasn't doing a lot of overhead pressing because I couldn't do very many reps with it. Okay. Right. Um, my right arm was okay, but my left arm was just weak as shit. Yeah. You know. Interesting. Um, and now, obviously, we're talking like two years later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm uh, like doing in a workout uh, in half an hour, maybe doing 60 reps with a pair of 24s. Yeah. Uh, you know, and like when we started, like clean basically and, clean and press. Yeah. So what that is for folks who don't know, a clean is basically bringing it up to your shoulders. Yeah. And then the press is straightening your arms Just over your head. Press over your head. Yeah. So you're doing two of those. With, with a kettlebell. With, with, with a pair. Yeah, yeah. A kettlebell in each hand. So it's like a hundred and uh, four pounds. A pair of 24. 104 pounds of kettlebells, which are harder than even... Um, dumbbells. Dumbbells. <clears throat> yeah. Right. Because they're off balance. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's running into the thing where uh, when I started at the beginning of June this year, I did a test and I could do just presses, not clean and press, but I was just testing how much I, you okay. know, I yeah. could press eight reps Okay. with the 24s. Okay. Um. And at the end of August, I could do 16. Wow. So I doubled it Yeah. in three months. And was it because the program you're on, you got newbie gains from that kind of dynamic program and like just very different? Um, I think so. But also I've been working on clean and press in one way or another, like doubles. Yeah. For a couple of years. Yeah. Right. But did so, you have that kind of progress before too, where you're 
doubling over. No, but I, but this was the first time where I was doing clean and press in some variation three times a week. Mm. Right. So. Okay. Uh, normally I would do it like twice and I wasn't doing this much volume. Okay. Right. Like, uh, you know, when you read the article about this, it was like Monday, uh, I did half an hour of, I do a set of clean and press, do a set of front squats, like double kettlebell front squats, mm-hmm. repeated as many times in half an hour as you can do. Um, and as you get stronger, you get more times in the half an hour. Um, Wednesday was just clean and press on its own. And then Friday was just a different rep scheme of clean and press and front squats. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, basically uh, three times a week, I was putting, you know, uh, a pair of 52-pound kettlebells over my head repeatedly. Um, and for that program, it was all strict pressing, no legs. Right. So obviously you use your legs to clean it up. Right. Your shoulders. Yeah. But the presses were strict. Right. You know. Is that harder to do than when you do the semi-squat press? Oh, yeah. Way harder. Mm. Right. Because there's no legs. That's interesting. I did a variation. I think this is kind of neat. Um, so I found out when we did an MRI on my spine, I've got severe degeneration in my neck. And so along my spine. But anyways, the point is that you helped me get around that. I, I still can't just lift because I stopped doing my um, Russian squat. What's that called again? The de- um, the kettle. Um, Double kettlebell. The Turkish get up. Is oh, the Turkish get up. Yeah. Yeah. Where you eventually bring it up yeah. over your head. Mind you, that was only with 30 pounds. But yeah. nevertheless, I stopped doing that stuff. Um, so I do it half kneeling. Yeah. So one uh, leg kneeled down, the other one up. Right. And then you just do it that way. So it's a different way to do a press. That's yeah. actually harder, you were saying. Yeah. So you don't use as much weight. So there's not as much yeah. weight on your spine. So it's just interesting how you have the variations to yeah. affect presses. Right. Yeah. Because uh, you can do full kneeling, like basically both knees on the ground. Mm. You can do half kneeling. Is it even easier or harder? Harder. <laughs> ah. Uh, half kneeling. Basically, full kneeling is the hardest. <clears throat> Well, actually, technically, the Z press, which is you're sitting on your bum on the floor. Really? That's the hardest. <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah, because you have nothing. Yeah. And yeah. I, are you saying that when I do a half kneeling press, I have a slight bit of momentum helping me? No, but but you're getting more core engagement and everything. Like you're you're pushing from a more stable platform. Oh, okay. You, you can picture trying to sit on your butt with your, just your legs you straight no up. Platform, yeah. yeah. It's like you're pushing off of marshmallows. <laughs> right? Isn't like that a, interesting? Just different. I, I just think that topic alone is just kind of neat. Yeah. Different variations of a press. Yeah. Right. You know, and there's, and then you can always get into bottom up presses with a kettlebell. So you're holding it where the bottom of the kettlebell mm-hmm. is facing the ceiling rather than having the kettlebell resting on your back of your forearm. Yeah. Um, and that's another harder variation. And I know we're sidetracking here a little bit, but um, with that issue with my neck, if mm. I use um, blood flow restriction bands, yeah, that'll add more of an effect on the training of my my my, my muscles. Yeah, with lighter weight. With lighter weight, but the fact that it's reducing oxygen to my muscles does that affect how tired they are, and therefore it causes a, a risk to my neck. No. No? Okay. Because it, you're so not then, restricting your neck. 
No, I know that, but I wasn't sure if it then creates um, less of a foundation. Do you know what I mean for no, supporting it, my neck? No, because the protecting it. Basically, the blood flow is happening in your arms. Okay. Um, so that's not going to affect. But you think it's harder now? Do you know what I mean? And I just wonder. Well, if that just, adds more stress um, to my neck. No, because you're making it harder on your arms. Okay. Right. So again, you need less weight. So the weight is transferring to the spine. So the less weight you have to get the same training effect, the less load there is going to be on the spine. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, whereas what I'm doing, which is two kettlebells overhead at the same time, it is going to put more load on your spine. Yeah. Not as much as a barbell. Yeah. Um, but because your body, when you're putting two up at the same time, you can't sort of move around and twist a little bit to mm-hmm. find the right groove. So it's all loading, you know, symmetrically. So were you surprised? Are you surprised by these results? Um, yes and no. Um, I, what I was surprised by how easy it was. Uh, oh, yeah. To get them? Yeah. Because... None of my workouts were like brutally hard. Because how often, how long were they? Usually 30 minutes? 30 minutes. Hear that out. You know, <laughs> Listen to that 30 minutes. Yeah. Like if, if you look yeah. at the, the printout or the, like the, the article about the program, mm-hmm. um, my long days, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday were um, 30 minutes and then... Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday were 20 minutes. Nice. So we're talking two and a half hours total per week. Yeah. And I'm like, so, you know, what's the word? What's the word? Lazy? Yeah. (laughs) So anything that's like low and... And well, the thing that that was great, it wasn't super hard. It was work. Yeah. Right? But But it felt like manual labor. And so what kind of heart rate did you have in those in your hardest workouts versus, you know, um, your other workouts. Yeah. Because I wasn't doing big complexes, like the, the most I was doing, um, on my, my days where I was doing like seven front squats, uh, that's what would get my heart rate up. And it was still only getting it up to like 150. You right. Know, but when you're doing, you know, like seven front squats with, like 104 pounds. Holy shit. Repeatedly. I'm surprised it wasn't higher. Right. Um, then, you know, you'd recover enough to be able to do your clean and press. And then you'd have to recover a bit and then you do another set of front squats. So right. at the beginning of the workout, the heart rate wasn't that high. Right. But, you know, I would get up into the low 150s. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it definitely was going above my aerobic zone. Yeah. Um, which is different than what I'm doing now, but that's a whole different series of articles. And, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, because I sort of did a three-month phase. Right. Then September was a fucking write-off because I fell down the stairs because of your evil children. Um, <laughs> uh, and then I got COVID. Yeah. So then it was like October, we started back into a different program. Yeah. You know. Um, and I didn't lose anything, which I was, I was happy about. Yeah. Right. So for those three months, um, the program that you're, you're just 
talking about or that you have in the article, did you do that for three months straight with deload weeks? Uh, or did you? So I actually ended up, technically I started it in May. Okay. Um, and life gives you deload weeks, mm. right? We went on a couple of trips. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, there's just different things happen. So you end up with your, uh, I didn't have any planned deloads in there. Yeah. But uh, I still ended up with some, yeah. you know, so just some where, you know, I couldn't get every workout done in a week because we were going away that weekend. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever. Different things sort of interfere a little bit. Mm-hmm. So the full program took me three and a half months uh, like to execute because, you know, uh, you ran into the thing where there was a little bit here, a little bit there. So it kind of, you know, ended up with like a, essentially a couple of deload weeks. So were you doing the same workouts each week after a week after a week and you just saw the progressions or did did you change up? So uh, for six weeks, it was the same workouts. Okay. Um, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're escalating density, right? Which What's is, that? Um, so basically you pick an exercise or two, set a timer. Um, and get as much good quality work. So we're not chasing high heart rates or anything like that. We're just trying to get as many high quality sets with good form as you can get in the half an hour. Right. And then uh, the next time you do it, uh, you try to get a couple more reps, Mm -hmm. you know, or a couple, an extra round or whatever it is. Yeah. And then next time, and just gradually as you get stronger the amount of work or density that you get in that uh, set period of time will increase. Right. Got right? it. Um, and so that was my only progression I had programmed in. Yes. Sort of the progression that Natural. came. Natural. Yeah. yeah. But then after six weeks, um, when I sort of did the second phase, like the second se- six yeah. weeks, it was the exact same program, but instead of in the beginning, um, it was sets of three in the clean and press, um, and five in the front squat. Uh, then in the second, it was sets of five in the front squat and seven, or five in the clean and press. So I just upped the number of reps per set. Right. Right. So it's a little bit more demanding. And were those escalating density as well? Yeah, exactly the same. I just okay. changed the amount of reps. Yeah. I so you're constantly, as you said, seeing progression from just that. Yeah. But and if you had a sudden, bad day, sometimes you actually didn't get as many reps as you did. You know, it's never perfect. Yeah. Like a like a linear progression. Right. But as your body adapted, you were just able to get more work in. Yeah. You know. So um, you did that for the next six weeks? Yep. So the, the backbone of the program was exactly the same for the whole 12 weeks. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, the difference, you know, is sort of small parameters where it was like, I... The second six weeks, I upped the number of reps per set I was doing, mm-hmm. but the exact same weight, the exact same movements. Yeah. Um, and just kept plugging away. So would you say out of all the training you've done, this is the one that you saw the most significant increase in strength? Um, and, and the nutrition's another thing. Yeah. Right. That's like, separate. That sort of would tie into the Like the weight part. loss is, is another thing. It's a combination yeah. of calories in, calories burned. I yeah. Mean, right. Um, but for your strength. 
Uh, yeah, I would say strength and overall, you know, uh, work capacity, endurance, um, speed, right? Because when you're doing explosive movements, because on my off days, when I wasn't doing, like, cleans require a lot of hip snap, uh-huh. right? Um, and then on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday... I was doing either swings or snatches, right, which are explosive as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, essentially, I was doing some type of ballistic, which is like an explosive movement, six days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes a big difference mm-hmm. because you're using those fast twitch fibers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like when you did the 10,000 swing challenge, yeah, just with more variety. Yeah. Right? You know, because you were doing it five days a week, but same idea. Yeah. But I was just doing more. I was doing cleans, right. swings, and snatches Yeah. in a week. Yeah. Right? No, and I, and I appreciated that because that, aside from my eating, which was the keto diet, right? Yeah. I lost 10 pounds immediately. And then through that, the 10,000 kettlebell swing challenge, I think I lost 15, something yeah. like that. So... It, put me on this massive trajectory for yeah. fitness and then once and then of course once you lose weight increase strength and fitness you're just like unstoppable yeah at that point and That's and i you. noticed it when we because it was perfectly timed for the spring um because we got on our bikes yeah. and i was like i can't believe how agile i feel yeah it was ridiculous and yeah you the, know. The being lighter um even though we're <laughs> in a world where fat's beautiful and all that kind of jazz um we should have a conversation a separate podcast on that topic you know yeah well because (coughs) excuse me the reality (laughs) comes in as anybody who's ever been overweight and then has lost weight um when you're lighter you feel better you know unless you lost that weight from cancer or something you know yeah like basically when you were like sort of at your lightest. Oh yeah. You felt the best you'd probably felt in 20 years. Oh, for sure. Even more. Right. And then I can, you know, I'm comfortable saying this. I gained like almost 25 pounds. So I'm not back, you know, I'm not at my lightest. And now I'm back on the keto diet today (laughs) and got my mojo back at least a little bit for the working out. Life happened. I had a death in the family and, and we had to move and all this stuff. So, but getting back on track and uh, yeah, so I, I appreciate the difference for sure. Mm. And uh, we went riding yesterday and I'm like, yeah, I've come out of retirement <laughs> <laughs> and my fitness sucks. Like I am using the slowest gear all the time because I'm like, and I, last year, you know, even last year was better. Like yeah. I, I'd be in the highest, one of the highest gears going up hills and stuff like that because it was so easy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but it's the thing. You're just carrying more weight up the hills. Yeah. And then you don't have the same fitness behind it. So it seems just like when you're lighter oh. and part of the way you got lighter was a lot of training. So you're moving less mass around it with a more fit engine. It, yeah. You're right now the other way. And I'm going to say, like, I've done a lot to protect my my knees because mm-hmm. I've osteoarthritis. And, um, but I'm even running into having freaking, like, injuries from doing nothing like twice already mm-hmm. like in the summertime i was sitting down yeah and all of a sudden my knee started to seize my leg i couldn't 
bend it straight. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And you put your the K tape on it, and yeah. that helped tremendously. But I was worried because I had to be in the next week in the U.S. Right? I'm like, I can't walk right now. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like one of those dapper people with a cane. <laughs> no, I. It was that. It was brutal. And then recently, it was my ankle. Yeah. And I did nothing. Okay, I started well, to feel well, it. Welcome to the. Uh what for aging? Second half of I, your life. I, as you're saying, right? You're getting older. And it's like, so this whole thing about being beautiful at any weight, it's not even about being beautiful. It's about being healthy. Yeah. Right? You know. And and I am strong, <laughs> you know? I still have the muscles there. Yeah. Actually, I got some compliments when I was working out at the gym in the US, like with my college. Like, I'm like, really? <laughs> There's something still showing? <laughs> You should have seen me last year. Yeah. <laughs> no um, boobs, just pecs. Yep. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So that whole idea, that premise of is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Because I it, wish they'd stop that. Yeah. Like it, 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 because the whole thing of we shouldn't be mean to people who are overweight. Um, although when I'm overweight, you all have permission to be mean to me. Um, I find it motivating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but but it is. It's one of those things where by getting um, lighter, stronger, fitter, more endurance, more mobility, like all of these things, everything in your life is better. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and I and I gotta say, like having a partner like Catherine, uh, you know. That she doesn't get all like insecure when other women are hitting on me. <laughs> I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's cute. It just validates she made a good choice. <laughs> she said, you know, it's like, hey, he's a diamond in the rough, and it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like I had to wait for you to start looking good, but there we go. <laughs> um, so where do you want to go with it? Like, as far as your let's talk about your weight your weight for example yeah. like what would you what's your yeah. target uh, do think, you have a goal yeah like i think you know because climbing and mountain biking yeah um i can be good and strong at 190 pounds mm-hmm. right so that's still like 25 pounds lighter than i am now yeah um uh you know i look at the thing that i can be there still be really strong um but I just naturally climbing and and pedaling my bike up a hill, the less weight I've got on me, yeah. you know. As far as I still got enough fat I can lose, you yeah. know, that I, that I could uh, drop that uh, without having to shed a bunch of muscle mass, mm-hmm. you know. So that that's sort of my long term target. Um, is that one ninety? Didn't you say something like your goal is to be stronger? Yeah, my than my most climbers my, and no, it's to be have more endurance than most climbers, have more strength than most endurance athletes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. and and more endurance than strength athletes. Yeah, right. It's to be a jack of all trades. Yeah, right. I don't want to be the strongest. I don't want to have, you know, the be the fastest on a bike or have the most endurance because any of the most, the best in any category, sport specific means you have to give up other qualities. Mm. Right. Mm. Yeah. So I like the thing of being able to go, yeah, I can climb five, nine, five, 10. Right. I'm not going to climb five, 12, five, 13. Like that would require like whole dedication only doing that. Right. It's the same thing of being able to, race Oak Cup mountain bike races, Ontario Cup, 
uh, and finish in the top 10. Well, then that's all I'm training for, mm-hmm. right? Um, winning a powerlifting competition. Well, that's all I'm training for. Mm-hmm. Whereas with this, I can be pretty strong, you know, look pretty good at the beach, uh, be pretty healthy, be pretty good at any of the sports I want to do, mm-hmm. right? And that's where the, the concept of general physical preparedness over um, specific physical preparedness comes yeah. in. Yeah, um, You know, uh, think of it as like, if you think about like a fighter, right? The qualities a fighter needs, mm-hmm. you need to be pretty strong. But you also have to have really good endurance so you don't get gassed. And you got to be pretty fast. I was just going to ask you if there were specific sports out there that combine these yeah. principles and you'd say that would be one of them yeah or a rugby player football um football's more on the pure power side because plays are only like 10 15 seconds so long. rugby you know rugby goes fighting. non-stop fighting goes non-stop whether it's jujitsu or mixed martial arts mm-hmm. um uh you know if you were like a firefighter mm-hmm. right um law enforcement special forces it all you know, anything where you got to be ready for anything, mm-hmm. that's what this type of training gives you, hmm. right? Um, and then if you add in a little bit of uh, low-intensity steady-state cardio, mm-hmm. right? Dragging a sled, hucking a, like rucking with a pack on, yeah. bike riding, you know, so that you've got a good, you know, endurance base there yeah. combined with what you get from the training, the strength training. Um, and, I, and I hate to just call it strength training because the way that I structure it, I'm mm-hmm. getting a lot of... It's not just strength training. I'm getting a lot of conditioning out of it yeah. as well. Is there a name for that kind of training? Um, we just call it kettlebell training. Yeah. <laughs> so cr- CrossFit's not that. No. Because CrossFit, you're getting gassed. Like, right. It's multimodality. You know, like yeah. You CrossFit, but, you might, but, but there's a lot more... Maximal uh, effort. Or at least in the gym, that tends yeah. to be what it is. Yeah, like a lot of Which is chasing not. the clock, Yeah, right? And now it, one could argue, like if you had the right mindset or the wrong mindset, if you want to think of it, escalating density could be treated that way. Mm-hmm. That's right? true. But because I put the caveats on it, that it has to be high quality reps, not half-assed reps, not bad form, right? You're not just cheating the reps. You for know? the numbers, yeah. Yeah, for, for the, the numbers. It's like it has to be high quality practice every time, right? And you never hit failure. So you have to give yourself enough rest in between. You know, and, and sometimes you'll screw up. Like it's not like the world's going to explode if you yeah. misjudged it. But um, but the idea, like I always put those parameters on it, right? So that it's quality. Yeah. Because you want to have as much quality practice as you can fit in. And then as you get fitter, you can fit more quality practice in. Which is good for the folks who like don't like getting gas, you know, and don't like getting kicked in the stomach or yeah. <laughs> I say that. Um, and I started doing the escalating density training yeah. um, recently. I think I've been doing it for about two, almost three weeks. Mm-hmm. Two weeks, I think pretty consistently, yeah. only three days a week. Yeah. And which I'm just to get started. I'm just trying to get back into it. And already I've seen like week over week. Out of my two, two out of my three workouts, well, each, all of the workouts, I'm increasing the, um, the amounts of yeah. reps that I'm, or yeah, reps I'm getting, not reps, but, um, sets or sets, whatever you want to call it. The amount of work you're doing. Yeah. That I'm getting in. 
But some weeks are like at least maybe 20%, over 10% anyway. That's a lot, you know, consistently. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah. But that's newbie games. Yeah. Right? Which is interesting again because I was super tired at the beginning. Right? Uh, doing them. Yeah. Because we're pretty fatigued and exhausted. So to get that kind of a game so quickly is pretty motivating. Yeah. If it should be, you know, I hope that at least inspires people. Yeah. To try well, something new. You know, and that, it's the thing that I like with these is that um, it's simple full body workouts. Like, you know, one day is clean and press and front squats. The next day is one arm kettlebell swings and Turkish get ups. Like each workout works your whole body. Yeah. You know, not the way a bodybuilding workout would where you're doing, you know, your quads and your this and your that. Everything's done individually. But if you do a clean and press and a front squat, you're hitting every muscle in your body. Yeah. Right? Which is good. And then when you do swings and Turkish get-ups, you're hitting every muscle in your body. You know, you're, you're running into the thing. Obviously, some muscles get harder, hit harder than others do. Right. Um, when you do like swings and get ups versus uh, cleans and front squats or, you know, uh, snatches hit everything as well. But it's not they're not all hitting uh, every muscle exactly the same, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's why I can train full body every day. Uh but because some days have more emphasis on certain muscles than others do, mm-hmm. you can do it every day and it's like an easy day for your pecs yeah. and a hard day for your glutes, yeah. <laughs> you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and how do you find recovery? How do you manage that? Um, and I know you just talked about how you alternate a little bit, but yeah. nevertheless, it's work. Yeah. And but, but part of what it is is three of the days of the week um, is just doing the same workout, same weight, same reps, right? My swings and Turkish get-ups uh, and my snatches are the same amount of work. So every minute on the minute? Yep. Okay. Um, and then the thing I like is, those. You get, to, you get to rest. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the advantage, and like say with snatches, I do five snatches and then I have the rest of the minute to rest. Yeah. Right? So five snatches takes me about 12 seconds. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not like I'm spending a, you know, 30 seconds and then I get 30 seconds rest. Yeah. You know, I'm resting way more <laughs> on my snatch work and I'm resting way more than I'm working mm-hmm. so that, that I can have real high quality reps. Yeah. Because snatches are explosive. Right. You're going from the floor to straight overhead in one go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, doing that with a 24 kilo kettlebell. If you don't, there's no way to muscle it, right? You've got to have that hip drive. So you want to make sure everyone is like a gun going off, mm-hmm. you know, bang, you know, you're, you're reversing that backswing and snapping it overhead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so those aren't f- that demanding, but they hit those fast twitch fibers nicely, right? Same thing like with the swings, um, because they're almost like punching the clock workouts, right? Because I'm not increasing the amount I'm doing each week. Right. Um, they're added workload. But the way I know I'm progressing with them is not that I'm doing more. Heart rate? Yeah, it just keeps getting lower and lower. 
Yeah. Right. Um, from week to week. Yeah. Right. It's it's becoming in a sense less stress on my body each week I do it. Yeah. And you actually and you also wear a heart rate monitor belt because yeah. yeah. it's more precise. Yeah. Plus I don't have my watch on because if I'm doing kettlebells, like, it bangs on them. Yeah. I don't want to crush my watch. <laughs> um, you know, because cleans and presses basically the bell sitting where my watch does. Um, so that combination, you know, I'm just running into the thing where obviously the thing that gets hit the hardest each week is my shoulders. I'd say my shoulders and my butt, right? Because clean swings and snatches all hit the hamstrings and butt, mm-hmm. right? I've got two days a week with squats, um, two days a week with Turkish get-ups and Turkish get-ups have a lunge kind of component to them, mm-hmm. but I'm only doing five per side. Right. So it's getting things moving, but it's not super stressful. You know, the thing that's getting the most, you know, fatigue on them is my shoulders. Yeah. Um, now you take a lot of Epsom salt baths. One a week. That's it? Yeah. Oh. I only ever do it on Mondays when I'm off. Oh, okay. You know. That's true. Um, anyway. And uh, sometimes I get massages. <laughs> and sometimes not. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a lot of hanging. Like we've got an inversion table. Mm-hmm. So we hang upside down by our feet and then we hang from the pull-up bar. Yeah. We do that quite a bit and that's good for... That's especially good for your lower back. Yeah. And then the hanging from the pull-up bar is good for your shoulders. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of mobility work every day. But when you're having, going back to the bath things, I find that really helps my, um, yeah. my lower back lately and my, anyways, um, do you sink right in so your shoulders are actually getting the heat? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it's, it's one of those things. Oh, l- let me just, um, explain this cause I, I didn't understand this before. So Epsom salts are magnesium. Yeah. And the reason why the bath is the way it works is that your body absorbs the magnesium. And alternatively, you can take magnesium pills or yeah. good. Like it's one of the low hanging fruit. That as you far can as take. supplements go. Yeah. Yeah. If your muscles are achy and stuff. Um, how quickly will that relieve your muscle achiness as, you know, in comparison to a hot bath? A hot bath seems immediate. To me yeah. Because yeah. it's both the heat. And, and you're getting them. Yeah. So uh, how, you know, if you could equate one from the other. Well, basically. One to the other, I mean. From a, from a speed standpoint. Like yes. There is no equation. Like it takes a, no, a number of days for it to build up in your system mm. when you're taking it as a supplement. Yeah. Um, there's just a relaxing effect when, when it's being absorbed through the skin. Yeah. Um, and so, it's immediate. Yeah. And that's a combination of both the Epsom salts and the heat. Yeah. Right. And you also do quite a bit of mobility yeah. every day. Yeah. I think it's important because I see the difference in myself as well. Because what's been happening to me is even when I went for a bike ride, especially probably because I'm not as conditioned to it. Mm-hmm. Like even an easy bike ride, my quads would seize up after. Yeah. yeah. And then it would bother me. And then if I did nothing on the days that I would actually stretch, but take a bath, it actually made a really big difference no it does so i think that's no the, the mobility is such a big thing like and what that is is a combination of like dynamic stretching like moving through a joint through a full range of motion and then static stretching combined right like if you got something sticky 
um, you know, rocking, crawling, um, you know, um, like different types of spine rotations, basically at the hips or, you know, upper thoracic rotations for, for your upper back, um, head nods, all of these different types of movements kind of free your body up. Yeah. Release the tension. Um, big wide lunges, like side to side, forward and back. Um, two minute. And when you do stretches, holding them for extended periods of time, like two minutes. Yeah. You know, get a mild stretch, right? You don't want it painful, but a mild stretch and hold it for two minutes. Yeah. You only have to do it once, (laughs) you know, per session, but it makes a big difference. Um, you know, remembering also after a workout to cool, like calm down because of your nervous system, right? Is it your nervous system? Yeah. It's all amped up and, and you, you know, your stress hormones are all high and they won't come down unless you. Some slow, deep breathing. Yeah. You know, flick the switch. Yeah. Because like when you're in training mode, you're like, let's go. You yeah, know. my my inner gangsta. Yeah, comes out. <laughs> Catherine's playing gangster rap in the basement. Um, it's the only time I listen to it. You know, it's when I do my workouts. Um, but yeah, like it's how angry I am. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think one of the other big things that really helps with recovery is just getting adequate sleep. You know, the fact like we go to bed at usually nine nine thirty lately. Yeah, because we are tired, but that's the workouts are yeah. doing that. You know, and then you get a good night's sleep. I actually find that I sleep deeply and sometimes even less hours. You know. I've noticed that. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's the whole thing. Like, we, we try to keep our room cool, dark, quiet. I wear a night mask. You know. Um, I we, put, we have a fan on. I find the white noise, aside from the extra cooling the fan gives me, mm. I find the noise of the fan. You like that? You know, it's just kind of white noise in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether we had like a little waterfall or, <laughs> you know, the fan or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I find that helps too. Uh, and that's really, you know, if anybody was to take a big takeaway from this, right, I would say your minimum effective dose is three 30 minute workouts. Um, yeah. You know, and if you want them to be highly effective, and and I have to watch how I say this just because double kettlebell movements are advanced movements, right? Double cleans, double presses, double front squats, um, double swings, any of that type of stuff. It's, it's more any of the ballistics, the swing, the clean, the snatch, all require a certain level of coordination, right? You know, it took you a while to learn how to do a swing well and... Um, what have you, uh, because it's fast, right? Uh-huh. So you got to get everything done in the right order, uh-huh. um, you know, very quickly. Um, now your swings look like a machine, but you've got how many thousands in the tank? Well, at least 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so what do they say? Yeah, you got to do things 10,000 times. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got that in a month. Um, but if you if you think of it from the standpoint of yeah, but you want to make sure you're doing them right when you do right. the ten thousand because yeah, you could or, hurt yourself. Yeah. Um, but any um, ballistic movements, right? And this is whether it's Olympic barbell weightlifting, right? The clean and jerk and the snatch, 
or um, ballistic kettlebell lifting, you know, swings, cleans, and snatches, um, or jerks. Um, they're all advanced movements, right? And so it's one of those things where you need to go through that whole learning process to learn how to do them before you can do them hard, mm-hmm. right? And you need to learn them to do one arm at a time before you can do two at a time. Um, but the advantage of double kettlebell is it's twice as much load on your body at once, right? And you're working both sides at the same time, so you don't have to... It oh, yeah. It takes that, half the time. Yeah, and massive. That's true. Um, that is a big time saver. You know, but there's a systemic heavier load. On your core. Yeah, because I'm having to support twice as oh, much yeah. weight. Um, and yep. so that's... Basically, if you've never worked double kettlebells before, I don't recommend you do this. Right. Keep it in your back pocket, you know, in your little... Because if you're not somebody who does this already, keep a file folder. Like, print off programs, right? So you go, oh, okay, maybe I'll get to this someday, right? Yeah. Um, because you do run into the thing where uh, any ballistics, right, any fast movements, you can screw up. Because, hell, people can screw up doing slow movements, right? People get hurt doing deadlifts and squats all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not fast. They're grinds. But if you uh, screw up a fast movement, right, um, then you screw up quicker. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it's easier to learn them one arm at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's another step to putting them together. Right. So that's yeah. that's yeah. a caveat I do want to put out because you've been training with kettlebells for two years. And when you did do some double kettlebell stuff. Oh, it wasn't easy. No. I, I remember I was like wobbling. and Yeah. And then I got into a certain level of fitness, probably after the 10,000 kettlebell swing challenge really amped my fitness and strength and everything. Yeah. I think after that, I started doing Turkish get ups and then I on a consistent basis because the heaviest I got with that was 30 pounds. 36. 36 over my head. Yeah. Um, You know, and then I had the coordination. Yeah. To do them. Yeah, it was interesting. It's very interesting. Um, So what all, okay, so for folks who are not there yet, but want to reap the same benefits or apply the same principles, what are some examples of workouts that include that include strength and cardio that they can do well you could basically it's just change the movements because like let's say you've learned how to do a sw- like a two-hand swing one mm-hmm. kettlebell both hands on it right you can do that yeah um if you were to do one day um and you you want a pretty challenging swing weight but okay. sets of 10 swings five push-ups mm-hmm. for half an hour just the two that's a pretty fucking good workout right there. You know? Every minute on the minute? No. no. Oh, escalating, escalating density. density. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that is. Because if people don't realize, you know, obviously you're going to do everything good quality, but but it, it the swings it, will get you. It creeps up on you. It sure does. And yeah. let's say, you For know. For me, it's the squats. Well, but that's the thing is your other day, your B day, if, you, if we sort of do it as like an AB workout. Yeah. Your B day would be either pull-ups or body rows. Yeah. And goblet squats. Yeah. Is there a C day? Nope. Just those two. You have uh, a hinge and a push, a squat and a pull. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. So the bo- goblet squat, whether you have a kettlebell or use a dumbbell. Yeah. 
works. Um, what if you don't have kettlebells or you're not there yet? You're not comfortable with it. <laughs> well, what can you use as a ballistic? Um, what else could you do? Anything with TRX or not? Not with not a ballistic. A ballistic's going to be a jump. A jump. You know. Um, so box jumps, maybe. Yes, yeah, step down. Like jump up, but step down. Mm. You know, and this is all talk to your doctor, make sure your knees are healthy. Like I would never program jumps for you. Yeah. Right. That's what I like about the kettlebell swing. No impact. It, it gives you the explosive training of jumping. Yeah. Without the impact. So, of course, you'll have the physiotherapists or chiropractors who, you know, aren't fans of kettlebells. Yeah. And but swing. I, I, the thing I throw I re- that in there because you hear that. Yeah. There are people like, what? You know. But it but it runs into one of those things where uh, Stuart McGill, who's like the world's foremost spine rehab expert, mm-hmm. he is a fan of the kettlebell swing. Mm-hmm. That and the suitcase carry. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'll, I'll listen to him before uh, I'll listen to a bunch of, uh, you know, physiotherapists that think anything you well, do. Well, you're always going to get people on both sides of the camp, right? Well, my view is just make your whole body stronger, right? If something hurts, don't do it. Like common sense. Yeah. Right? But nobody um, gets better by babying their body. Like, you know, that everything's going to make you explode. Yeah. Right? Oh, if you do that, your back will explode. It's like, yeah. You know, my back hasn't exploded yet. Yeah. Well, the point is that you've done things in baby steps mm. you know. so uh okay so on that note what kind of shape do you it's kind of like you know you're, you're of a certain age or older you don't just go start running again just because you used to run no like you should you really need to realize that there's a foundation you know you don't go from sitting on your butt all day working and then start running so before pick somebody picks up a kettlebell to start swinging it Right, just to get into it. Are there you, certain you, things you want to make sure they can pass? Yeah, you want to be able to do a kettlebell deadlift. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, you know, with, with basically achieve the two positions, right? The hinge and the standing plank. You know, uh, and so we What's work... What's the standing plank? Where you're standing. Right. Um, think of the top of a swing. Okay. It's a standing plank. Your abs are braced. Your right. butt's tight. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. You're swinging into it. Yeah. Not just holding it there like that. No, but the okay. top position. Like, really, if you think of the swing, it's two positions. The hinge, the standing plank. And all you're doing is violently going from one to the other. <laughs> right. Right. You know. Um, and so, I find if we work with people to get them good at those two positions... Mm-hmm. Right. Um, then the in between, you know, as long as they start a swing properly with a hike pass, mm-hmm. right? The bell's on the floor in front of you, mm-hmm. and you hike it back between your legs to start it, like, like, you're, like you're you're dragging it, or you're hiking a football mm-hmm. um, as a way to start, rather than some weird like humping the kettlebell thing that some people do to start swinging it. Oh, really? Um, uh, and don't use your arms. You're using your th- your hips to yeah. thrust it. Yeah, you're using your pelvis to project it forward. Right. Um, you know, so there's a lot of little... little, uh, And it, quite honestly, one of the best things anybody can do mm-hmm. is find yourself either uh, an RKC or Strong First certified 
um, kettlebell instructor in your mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. and take a couple of classes, mm-hmm. right? You know, and then when you want to learn, you don't have to go to there all the time, right? Because just check your form. Yeah, it's like learn the swing, learn the Turkish get up, uh, learn the press, right? Mm-hmm. And then a, a few months later, go back and learn the clean, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe a clean and uh, maybe you work on the snatch. Did you see kettlebells at the gym when we went there? Which gym? Crunch. Yeah. They, we never did, used them. We I remember we did. I was using doubles for swings because they only went up to thirty five pounds. Really? Yeah. That's useless. Yeah. That's surprising, actually, for a gym. Just goes to show how unpopular they are. You know. Um, well, it's that they had That's a. Really they had a, remember that it was in the group fitness area, right? Like that. Their their high intensity. That's terrible, though. Why would you? Oh, maybe when they were doing circuits. Cause yeah. That's not the kind of thing you want a whole group of people doing at the same time. Like there is going to be like you want to watch people. Yeah. If you're leading a group. Well, that so that's the, that's the, the responsible way to do it. Well, fuck yeah. <laughs> but you've seen mainstream fitness. Yeah, I know. Do any of them do it responsibly? <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it's one of those things where. Um, having, uh, basically a little foundation yeah, and then you build, right. And, uh, then you reach a certain point and maybe you, you, uh, you know, go back for a couple of lessons, right. And then you, you add to your skills and, you know, and that, that I find is, is a really effective way for people, um, and, you know, it depends on what type of learner you are, too. Like Mark Wildman's, um, like, YouTube tutorials are really good. Uh, like, there's a bunch of good kettlebell instructors who've done good YouTube tutorials. Mm-hmm. Um, like, with the article, I'm going to be uh, embedding some YouTube videos on, like, how to do these movements. Um, oh, that's cool. Uh, you know, so so there's that kind of thing where... <laughs> Think of it as like a, basically kettlebell movements, aside from like being an actual exercise, they, they're, they're a skill, mm-hmm. right? And so you practice your skills. Yeah. And you get good at them after a while. Yeah. Right? Um, and then if you really go down the kettlebell rabbit hole, um, you can get into, you know, like the, the, the whole kettlebell sport. Oh, really? You know. Where, oh, right, right, right. The Russians. Yeah. Yeah. That girl. You know. Um, well, I, I like how versatile they are. You know, you can do, um, uh, body, you know, rows, body rows. Well, that's on the gymnastics. Or no, 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 no. When you are, um, just a kettlebell row. Yeah. Just a row. Sorry. Kettlebell row. Yeah. Right. You know, you can use that. You can do a press, you can do a push and a pull. You can do a hinge. Yeah. You can squat. do a squat. So you can do it all. You can with do a carry. Right. You can do a carry. Yeah. So pretty much all those principles that we talked about, the fundamentals yeah. for what you want to cover off, you can do. Um, you know. Yeah, and th- well, that's one of the things. And we like, we don't really use our dumbbells anymore. I only use it as in between weights. I I'll use the dumbbells when I'm pumping up my arms. Yeah. Like I'll put the blood flow restriction bands on, and I didn't do that in this period, but uh, in this particular training. But uh, when I'm doing a lot of pull ups, I'll do a lot of high rep bicep and tricep work. Yeah. Because I find, aside from you know, obviously a bit of muscle work, I find it pump so much blood into the elbows Mm -hmm. it makes the pull-ups uh 
it's almost like prehab work for pull-ups for me. Hmm. Um, just because I find like if I'm doing a lot of pull-ups, it irritates my elbows. Yeah. So. I have noticed getting back into this escalating density workout, my elbows start to bother me again a little bit. On the rows? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, I think it's the rows. And I noticed when I was doing the swings, but I think it's because of the rows. Yeah. Yeah. Do you expect that if I haven't done them in a while? Um, while? Yeah, because you're getting a lot of volume in. Yeah. You know. But it hasn't actually bothered me lately, which is good. Yeah. So yeah. just those little things. Yeah. And, it, and if something starts hurting, stop doing it that day. <laughs> you know, like I, I had a day last week where my index finger, like the first knuckle was really sore. Mm-hmm. So I took it easy. <laughs> and now it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when I start climbing again, you know, I need to be more consistent, but I try not to go more than 45 minutes for sure, Mm -hmm. just to start. Yeah, because you just irritate the tendons. Yeah. Like, and that's something people need to bear in mind. It's like uh, your muscles will get stronger faster than your connective tissue does. Mm. Right. So that's where I'm, you know, I did three months with the same weight, Mm -hmm. right, before I went up. Like I'm using the 28s now. Um, doing a subtle variation of what I was doing before. Yeah. Um, but you think there'd be a drug for that? What? <laughs> Helping the connective tissue. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because you could take steroids and that'll help your muscles. But that's why bodybuilders get hurt all the time. You yeah. Because you can get real, or or a lot of bodybuilders just do fluff and pump okay. kind of training, like a lot of lightweight, high rep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if they went as heavy as they could as their muscles would support, their tendons would explode. Yeah. Right? Because the muscles just get way stronger than the connective tissue does. Hmm. There is some uh, uh, peptides Mm -hmm. that I don't know if they'll help build the tendons, but they help recover from injuries quicker. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's sort of one of those interesting fields, like the peptides, like melanotan too. Um, if you're you're not able to get out in the sun that much, mm-hmm. it's uh, like a peptide, like part of a chain of protein that, you you know, you do an injection and you get a suntan. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Um, and it's it's funny because it's interesting. The is way that you, available in Canada? Um, yeah. How is it expensive? Uh, I've never looked. Um, uh, so I don't know. <clears throat> um but the thing that you run into, uh, and it's funny how sort of these things work because there's like a whole industry of peptides, like for recovery, for skin, for because they're all partial proteins okay. that do activate different things in the body. Yeah. Um, well, one of the things they found with melanotan was aside from giving you a tan, it also turned to like skyrocket people's libido. <laughs> Mm. So then they went, oh, well, not everybody wants a tan. So they just extracted the part. <laughs> it's called like PT, you know, peptide 141. Yeah. Um, that basically gives you the libido boosting effects yeah. without uh, um, the suntan effects. Yeah. You know, so it, it really is kind of fascinating the, the things people are, uh, you know, we're on the cusp of a lot of really interesting um you know, therapeutics that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things that'll speed up like joint injury healing or mm-hmm. potentially we might get into like 
tissue regeneration, like cartilage, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, uh, you know, basically it, it's one of those things that I, that I keep reading up on just to sort of see where it's going. Hmm. Um, but there's so many peptide fragments out there cause it's just little fragments of proteins mm-hmm. that when you take a shot of them, it activates something, mm-hmm. you know, um, and because there's so many different things to activate, there's so many different little fragments out there that they're playing with. Yeah. It's really kind of fascinating. Huh. Um, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, that is where you'll probably get the thing that builds the joints. Right. You know. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's what we've got for you today. Yeah. And if anybody's got questions about it, like, um, the, my programming is remarkably simple, but at the same time, you know, cause like I'm only doing a handful of exercises each week. Um, but still I've had people like, wait, okay, how does that work? <laughs> you know, um, uh, you know, basically if you've got questions, send them in, like just go to our website, livewildradio.com. Yeah. Um, and you can hit the contact us. And it will come to us. And we're happy to answer your questions. Yeah. Um, you know, if you send in enough, then we'll do another one of the fitness episodes where I just <laughs> answer your questions. Because those have actually been a lot of fun. Yeah, they have been. You know, so, uh, okay. yeah. So until next time. Uh, work hard. Play dirty and, uh, you know, get to work. Bye. <laughs>